0: You're listening to The Preaching Podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Genesis 49, we started last week, and I thought we were going to finish this week. We won't finish, and I didn't finish in the early service, and I know I won't in this service either. But we started last week on the final words of Jacob. Uh, Jacob knows that he is about to die and he knows that his time is short and so he calls his sons together and uh, he gives the final words. For some of these boys, they had to have been feeling pretty good as dad was bragging on them or dad was pointing out some things and I think some others probably felt a little sheepish and a little ashamed. And we talked about the similarity, I believe, Uh, For those of us as Christians, when we stand before that judgment seat of Christ, we don't want to stand there with regrets, and we don't want to stand there uh, wishing we would have done more or or wishing we would have done things differently. We want to stand before that judgment seat of Christ someday and hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I hope that's your desire, I I know that's my desire, that's why we ought to live our lives, so that We can please the Lord and hear those words at the judgment seat. We talked last week about Reuben. Reuben was the firstborn, and we said that Reuben wasted so much potential. We said, number one, don't waste the potential that God has given you. God wants to do great things in you and through you and for you, and He can and He will. You know what the hindrance is? The hindrance is us. It's our lack of faith. It's our lack of trust in God. We said, number two, we learned from Simeon and Levi. You got to control your anger. Now, the flesh, and we all have an old flesh, the flesh likes revenge, right? The flesh says, I'm not going to get even. I'm going to get ahead. (laughs) Oh, yeah, you hurt me. I'm going to hurt you worse. You stab me in the back. I'm going to punch you in the nose. You know, that's the flesh. But the Bible tells us that we're not to be controlled by the flesh. We're to be controlled by the Holy Spirit of God. We're to be yielded to the Holy Spirit. We're to crucify our flesh with the affections and lusts. We must control our anger. We said thirdly from the life of Judah, our lives ought to bring praise and honor and glory to God. That's what the name Judah means. It means praise. And I hope that our lives bring praise to God. I know God's been praised this morning. Uh, We've had the privilege to be in church and sing the songs and hear the choir and hear this family. And I tell you, I'm so thankful we got to be together to praise God this morning. But it ought not be a Sunday morning only that we praise God. It ought to be Sunday morning and Sunday afternoon and Sunday night and Monday morning and Monday night and all through the week, our lives ought to praise God. I want to pick up with Zebulun. He's found in verse number 13. And I want us to continue our lessons from these 12 sons of Jacob. It says in verse number 13, Zebulun shall dwell at the haven of the sea, and he shall be for an haven of ships, and his border shall be unto Zidon. Lord, help us now as we look at your word. We need your strength and we need your wisdom. And Holy Spirit, we need you to lead us and guide us into all truth. I pray that we would not think about someone else that needs the message. But I pray we would examine our own hearts and may we be helped and may we be challenged by the Word of God today. If there's anyone in this auditorium or anyone that's listening today that does not know Christ, Father, I pray that today would be the day they put their faith and trust in Him for salvation. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Zebulun is an interesting uh, interesting individual. There's not a lot said about Zebulun except that he was given the haven or he was given the location near the sea. Uh, That coast town of Zidon, that was an area that was uh, attributed to Zebulun. And the Bible tells us that Zebulun was given something that was unique. He was given the outlying, he was given the area close to the coast. Now, you may look at that today and say, oh man, that must be nice living on the coast. Well, for Zebulun, he probably felt a little bit left out. Man, I'm way out here, out in the middle of nowhere, and man, I'm not near Jerusalem, and I'm not near a lot of where the hub is. I'm not in the center of things. And maybe Zebulun felt like he was an outsider looking in. But here's what's amazing about Zebulun. The Bible tells us that Zebulun and his descendants, that they became traitors, They became very, very uh, uh, incredible in commerce and in business and in trade, and they used that location. They used that seaport to their advantage, and they used what God gave them. And you know what's amazing In in a crowd like this? Everyone in this room, God has given you unique talents and abilities, and if you're not careful, you will... Waste it because you'll look at somebody else. Well, you know, I wish I could sing like this family. I wish I could play the piano and write music and and wear a a mint green sports coat. I wish I could look like this guy. Now, Thomas Dixon could pull that off, right? But most of us couldn't, like Brother David. But you know, if we're not careful, we'll focus on everybody else. I wish I had so-and-so's job. I wish I had so-and-so's house. I wish I had so-and-so's money. I wish I was smart like so-and-so. I wish I was strong like so-and-so. And And if we're not careful, we'll focus on all the things we don't have and we'll miss out on using the blessings and using the things that God has given us. I say number four as we go through these lessons and we're continuing from last week. Number four, use the abilities that God has given you. I think about in our church, our, our church could not operate. If we did not have people that used their abilities and used their talents for God's glory. I think about our nursery workers. Do you realize how blessed we are in this service that we've got nurseries for the children and they're not all in here and we're trying to keep them quiet. We're trying to entertain them. Can I tell you, we ought to thank those nursery workers every chance we get for using their abilities for God's honor and glory. I think about our musicians, Miss Cheryl and Miss Lydia on the piano, and Miss Odell on the organ. I think about the choir and the the, the the men on the guitars, and I think about Brother Curry up there in that sound booth. Again, you know when we you know when we notice Brother Curry when the microphone squeaks or when there's feedback, but can I tell you there's somebody that's using his talent and ability for the Lord. We've got folks running the video. We've got folks in the radio room. We've got security. We've got people that are using their talents and abilities for God. And can I tell you, that's how the church works. That's how the work of God goes forward when we, we don't worry about what everybody else has and what everybody else is doing. But we say, God's given me an ability. God's given me something that I can do. And I may not be like so-and-so, but I don't have to be like so-and-so. I just have to be the person that God created me to be. Number four, use the abilities that God has given you. Notice next, Issachar. It's found in verse number 14. Issachar is a strong ass couching between two burdens. Here is a, a picture of a strong donkey that is carrying the burdens. As a matter of fact, that was Issachar. That was his, his specialty. His people said, you know, We're not wanting to go conquer a bunch of land, and we're not wanting to go fight a lot of battles, but we can work hard, and we can carry burdens, and we can be faithful. We can be in our spot. We can just plug away, and we can just get the job done. And can I tell you, as Christians, we all have burdens. You don't believe me? Let's find out. If you're In this auditorium, if you're sitting here this morning and you have some kind of burden in your life, you have something that's going on in your life right now, would you raise your hand with me? Huh? Isn't that amazing? We all have burdens. We all have pressures. We all have difficulties. We all have loads we have to carry. Now, people may not know. There may be some in this room that you cry yourself to sleep at night. There may be some in this room that when you're all by yourself, it's just you just, you just can't handle it, and you think, I can't, I can't carry this burden anymore, and I can't deal with it, and I, I just don't know what I'm going to do. Well, I'm glad to tell you, number one, that you've got a friend that they sang about. What a friend we have in Jesus, and He wants you to cast your burden upon Him. He wants to help you with your burden. He gives grace, and His grace is sufficient. But I'll tell you what else we have. We've got the Lord who walks with us, but we've got a church family. And guess what a church family is supposed to do? Galatians says that we are to bear one another's burdens. Brother Tim, you you talked about that in Sunday school. We get so focused on our own problems and our own needs, and we fail to realize that there are people all around us who have needs even greater than we have. Now, that's why we don't need people to criticize can I tell you somebody that you're criticizing, they've already got a heavy burden. They don't need you to add to it. That's why we don't need people to gossip. We don't need people to add you to hear about so-and-so. You don't know what so-and-so's going through. You have no idea. And the truth is, what you're gossiping about, it's probably not even true anyway. And if it were true, you still ought to keep your mouth shut. Just pray about it. But I'll tell you what we do need in our church. We need people to bear one another's burdens. You say, how do I do that? Well, I'll tell you one way, you can pray for them. I'll tell you another way, you can call them. You can send them a note. You can send them a text message. You can, uh, you can send them a card. You can stop by and see them. You say, but, but I, don't know, I don't know if so-and-so needs help or not. Well, if the Lord lays it on your heart, they probably do. And just do it. I mentioned in the early service, Brother Michael Morris and his boys, I, I found out, this was years ago, I was driving by on a, a Saturday, I was driving by where Elizabeth Walker used to live, and uh, Miss uh, Brother Hubert, Miss Becky, you folks did so much to help her, many in this church did. But I drove by there one day, and I saw the Morris boys, uh, Brother Michael and Garrett and Grant, and they were mowing the lawn and doing the weed eating in the ditch and all that, and I, I, I said something to them the next time I saw them. I asked the boys, I said, hey, I said, that was, that was a blessing, thank you guys for doing that, and I said, uh, I said uh, you know, what, what brought that on, or how'd that come about, and they said, oh, we just do it. I said, you mean like every week, like all the time? Yeah. And it was almost like they were kind of like, well, of course we do. And you know what was amazing? I didn't know about it. The church, the church office didn't call and say, hey, we need somebody to go. Can you do that? They just saw a need. And they said, that's a burden that somebody's got, and we can meet that need. They, didn't, they weren't looking for a plaque of recognition from the church. They weren't looking to have their name put in the bulletin like we're doing this. They just said, we are going to find a burden. We're going to bear a burden. We're going to help somebody. And can I tell you, that's the way God's people ought to be. We ought to be looking for needs and burdens, how we can help one another. I think the lesson from Issachar is to help others with their burdens. God gives you grace and God gives you strength and God blesses you. Use that to be a blessing to somebody else notice next dan in verse number 16 the bible says dan shall judge his people as one of the tribes of israel dan shall be a serpent by the way an adder in the path that biteth the horse heels, so that his rider shall fall backward dan was given a position as a judge he's likened here to a serpent this is not in a negative way But this is in a positive way that although uh, the serpent is not big and the serpent is maybe not intimidating, but the the serpent can be very wise. Remember what Jesus told his disciples. He said, I'm sending you out. I want you to be wise as serpents, but harmless as doves. Dan had great wisdom. He was appointed and his tribe was appointed as judges in Israel. Can I tell you what all of us as Christians need every single day of our lives? We need wisdom. My wife and I, every night before we go to bed, we pray together. That's one thing we pray for. We pray, Lord, would you give us wisdom as parents? Because can I tell you, if you're parenting, you know it, you you realize it, we don't know what in the world we're doing sometimes. And if you think you do know what you're doing, you wait 2.5 seconds and all of a sudden you realize, well, no, that doesn't work. Can I tell you, we need wisdom. We need wisdom in our in our, our parenting. We need wisdom in our marriages. We need wisdom in a ministry. We need wisdom in a society. This world is crazy. This world has lost its mind. And this world, it's in panic mode. But as God's people, we can have wisdom. Say, Pastor, I'd like to get some of that wisdom. Where do I go? Well, last time I checked, it's out of stock at Walmart. You can't buy it at Walmart. And then Foodline doesn't have it either. I went by Foodline and they don't have it. I'm not saying if you work at Foodline, you don't have wisdom. I'm just saying you can't buy it at Foodline. You can't, you can't go and get some at Foodline. See, I know what I'll do. If you can't find it at the store, I'll Google it, I'll search it. I'll get it shipped to my home. You know, I'll do Amazon, Amazon Prime. I bet I can order some wisdom. You can't get it there either. But I got good news for you. I want to tell you where you can get wisdom. You can get it anytime you want it from this book right here. And James chapter 1 says, If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given unto him. God wants to give us wisdom. We need wisdom. Proverbs says wisdom is the principal thing. It's the most important thing. Therefore, with all thy getting, with all you got, you better get wisdom and get understanding. I love the story of Solomon. Solomon was going to be the king following in his father's footsteps. And God appeared to Solomon in the night and God told Solomon, he said, whatever you want, he said, whatever your request is, he said, I'll grant it. And Solomon, he thought about that and he said, Lord, he said, I'm just a child. I can't lead your people. I can't I can't direct your people. I'm not I'm not up for the job. He said, God, I need wisdom. God was so impressed by Solomon's request. that God said, because you haven't asked for riches and you haven't asked for victory over your enemies, God said, I'm going to give you wisdom and I'm going to give you all the rest on top of it, because Solomon knew his need was for wisdom, and I tell you, that's what we all need. We need wisdom. We need wisdom in what to say. We need wisdom in what not to say. Sometimes we get ourselves in trouble, don't we? Because we just start letting this thing run like crazy without thinking first and without praying first, but we need wisdom, and a lesson from Dan is all of us as God's people, we must get wisdom from God. I want you to notice verse 18. Jacob is in the midst of speaking to his boys and it's almost like he caught his breath and took a little break and he said, I'll tell you one thing. Tell you one thing, boys. I have waited my whole life for this day. Now, what day are we talking about? We're not talking about the day when he talks to his boys and gives his final words. But he says, I've waited for thy salvation, O Lord. It's almost like Jacob, he could just tell he was getting close to heaven. It's like he could just tell he was getting close to meeting God. And he said, Lord, I have waited for you. I have expected you. I've longed for you. And God, my hope has been in you my whole life. And now I'm just so close. And I tell you, his hope was not in his boys, although he loved his boys. His hope was not in his father or his grandfather, Isaac or Abraham. His hope was not in this world, but Jacob said, my hope and my salvation is in the Lord. Friend, I want to tell you, that's our only hope. Our only hope is in the Lord. Our confidence must be in the Lord. And Jacob said, oh Lord, I have waited for thy salvation. Then we get to verse number 19, and it's like he kind of clears his throat and says, now where was I? Uh, and he says, oh yeah, Gad. He said, Gad, notice verse number Nineteen Gad, a troop. Now, that probably got Gad's attention because the name Gad actually means troop, uh, uh, like a group of soldiers. And so Gad's thinking, oh, this is going to be good. Boy, this is going to be great. He's starting out talking about my name and the strength in my name. And Jacob says, Gad, a troop shall overcome him. Oh, thanks, Dad. Thanks for that encouragement. Jacob says, hey, Gad, guess what? You're going to get beat up. You're going to get knocked down. You're going to get beat in battle. And Gad is thinking, wait a minute, that kind of goes against my name. I'm supposed to be a a troop. I'm supposed to be an army. I'm supposed to be mighty. He says a troop shall overcome him, but he shall overcome at the last. Hallelujah for that. You know what's amazing? Sometimes we feel like we're getting beat up. You ever just feel like that? You feel like that the world's winning? You feel like that that the devil's winning sometimes? And now you get in church and all of a sudden you think, hallelujah, we're on the winning side. But you get out in the world sometimes and you think, this world's gone mad. This world hates God. This world does not believe the Bible. This world mocks the Bible. Uh, This world mocks God. This world is anti-God and anti-Christ. And we think, man, we're losing. Uh, th- this ship is sinking. What is going on? And it may seem sometimes like we're losing. But notice what it says. But at the last, he shall overcome. Aren't you glad that we have the book of Revelation? Aren't you glad we know we're on the winning side? And you get to First John and you get to Revelation and God uses the name for Christians. He calls us overcomers. And he says that we overcome them by the blood of the lamb and by the word of his testimony. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. I'm glad to tell you, friend, we are overcomers through Jesus Christ and through the word of God. Aren't you glad for that? Now, Gad, it says that he will be overcome. Uh, brother, Brother Tim, you were talking last night a little bit about how you taught for years and taught history, I think, was one of the subjects you taught. My dad taught history uh, for many years in the Christian school, about 20 years, and I had the opportunity uh, to to, to be in a couple of his classes before he went to to pastor, and uh, I think it was uh, my ninth and tenth grade year, he was my teacher. And I remember one thing he said in history, and I think it was U.S. history, because I think we were talking about some of the battles of the Civil War and really the whole Civil War in general, but he made this statement and he said, you know, if you study history and you study some of the wars, he said... Many times, the side that starts out losing actually wins in the end. And you think about some wars and you think about some battles and maybe think about World War II and you think about some of those events. Man, at times it wasn't looking good and Pearl Harbor and some of those things. But can I tell you, it may not be looking real good right now. And you might feel a little depressed. You might feel a little discouraged. But I got good news for you at the last when it's all said and done, we are on the winning side. And that's not up for question. That's not up for debate. We're not sitting over here biting our nails, wondering how it's going to turn out. We know that Jesus Christ will win. And we know that we're on the winning side. I'll say about Gad, I'll just say it like this, that uh, you may be discouraged, but don't quit. Just keep on fighting. Just keep on going. It ain't over till it's over. Notice quickly, Asher. Verse number 20, out of Asher, his bread shall be fat and he shall yield royal dainties. Asher uh, is a picture of the blessing of God. And you know, everything good in our lives is all because of God. God has been so good to us. May we never take our blessings for granted. May we never fail to count our blessings. God has been faithful and God has been good. And may we be thankful for how God has blessed us. We'll we'll close with this next son. Verse 21, Naphtali. He is a hind or a deer that is let loose. He giveth goodly words. That term there, let loose, is literally the term that we would say to be sent out. And Naphtali is like a deer that has been kind of caged in And he's been let loose. And boy, he is off and running. He is is running wild and running free because he has been let loose. But notice what it says about Naphtali. It says, he giveth goodly words. That's kind of a unique combination there. A deer is set free and there's goodly words. But here's the application. Did you know that we have been set free? We've been set free from sin. We've been set free from bondage. Hallelujah. We've been saved. But not only have we been set free, we have been sent out. We have been given a great commission. That great commission that applies to all of us. It is that we are to go into all the world. And what are we supposed to do once we get there? Preach the what? The gospel to every creature. And you know what the gospel is? It's good news, it's good words. You don't get better news than the gospel. You don't get better news than Jesus saves. You don't get better news than the fact that you can have your sins forgiven and you can have uh, a home in heaven and you can have eternal life and that you can have the assurance that you're on your way to heaven. It doesn't get any better than that. And as Christians, we've been sent out with good words. We've been given the gospel. And I want to ask us this morning as we go out of this place, I want to ask you, are you taking the gospel with you? Now, we all, we, we all have our things we like to talk about, you know, sports. I, I tell you, I'm amazed. I, I enjoy talking about the weather, and, and there hasn't been a lot to talk about other than the hurricane, you know, it's just, it's hot, you know, and it's, you know, 50% chance of rain, you know, today, it doesn't rain well, it's 50% chance tomorrow, you know, all that. But we all have things we like to talk about. I love to talk about food, and I'm not going to start now because I'm hungry. We love talking about our kids and talking about the grandkids and talking about our job and talking about fishing, hunting, all those things. But I hope this week we'll talk about the greatest news, the gospel. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at VBCRR.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.